Welcome again to Alpine Church. Uh, If this is your first time, a special welcome to you. My name is Joel Daly. I'm the lead pastor here at the West Haven campus. And uh, as Logan said, this year does look a little bit different, but we're excited that we can be here to celebrate the birth of our Savior together. And so um, we're in this series, He Will Be Called, but I want to start by asking you a question. I want you to kind of take a little inventory. How good of a gift giver are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, if you had to rate yourself, kind of think about that, maybe talk about that later. But think about how, how good are you at giving gifts. I'll just admit for myself, I'm not a good gift giver. And I found this out a couple years ago. Um, My dad, I feel like dads in general are so hard to get gifts for because it's like they already have everything and anything that you can afford, they could afford and they probably already have it anyway, right? So you try to get kind of creative with your dad and and think through, well, what's he going to like? Well, my dad likes movies. So I was like, okay, well, I'll find a good movie. So I went to the store. I was looking, you know, through the movies, and I, and I saw one, and I was like, oh, this is the movie. I bet he hasn't seen it, and I bet he'll love it. And so I get it for him. I take it. I wrap it. He opens it Christmas morning, and he, he hadn't seen it, so that was the first good thing. And then he said, oh, I've been wanting to see this movie. And I, so I said, you know, that's a win. So the next year, it's time again to shop for Christmas, which I always do December 23rd. Um, I did it yesterday, so I'm serious. Um, but uh, I was thinking of what to get for my dad again. And I, I'm like, what does he like? Oh, he likes movies. So I go, you know, to the movie section, and I look through, and I see a movie, and I'm like, oh, I bet he'll, he'll love this. I bet he hasn't seen it. And so I get it, I wrap it, and Christmas morning, he opens it, and he kind of has this puzzled look on his face. And he's like, did you get me this last year? Is this the same movie? And I was like, there's no way that I got you the same movie two years in a row. And long story short, I got him the same movie two years in a row. And so that's when I realized that I I wasn't very good at gift giving. So my idea of a good gift is is a lot of money on a gift card. And it's way easier for me too because I can just go to the kiosk thing and pick it up and then I'm in and out. I'm not having to think and, and look and scour everywhere to find a good gift. You know, when you think of a good gift giver, I think one of the things that makes you a good gift giver is something, someone that, that gets you something that maybe you didn't ask for, maybe you didn't think you needed, but once you got it, you actually loved it. I think we can all think of gifts that we've been given that have, have we haven't asked for it, we haven't, you know, really even thought about it, but once we had it, we were like, I cannot believe I never had this thing until now. And that's kind of what we're talking about today, a gift that we've heard of, that we've thought about, but maybe that it's not something at the top of our list every single year, and this is what it is. It's peace, peace. Now, whenever we see depictions of of the first Christmas, this is what we think of, right? We think of peace. We think of the manger and and Jesus and the animals and and everything's peaceful. It's a starry night, right? It's it's you know snowing in Israel, and uh, that's a joke, by the way. Um, it probably wasn't snowing, <laughs> but uh, we think of this peace, you know, this peaceful setting. But that's probably not the way that it was. You know, when you think back at the time that Jesus was being born, the reason why Mary and Joseph were not in in their home and they were in Bethlehem is because they were literally fleeing for their child's life because this tyrant king, Herod, was wanting to kill 
their child. In fact, he wanted to kill every child uh, under two years and younger to stop the coming Messiah uh, from, from being born. And so there's that. Then, then there's the idea of pregnancy, right? And, and pregnancy is not the most peaceful thing uh, normally. So, so that's not very peaceful. There's a lot going on. They're in, this, they're in this basically barn with all these animals that stink and are gross, you know? Like think of it, it not the little manger scene, but how it actually really was. And yet this is what was prophesied 700 years before Jesus. This is about Jesus. This is what Isaiah said in this prophecy. He said, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that's what we're going to look at today, the Prince of Peace. You know, out of all of these names, when you look at this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, for me, this one almost has the most, uh, the, the most authority. He's a prince, right? He, he's a ruler. This word actually means the ruler of rulers. And so this ruler of rulers is not known for power or for dominance, but he's known for peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. And when a lot of us think of peace, we think of something that, that's, you know, we're all getting along together. And that, that's, that is a part of it, but it's so much more than that. The word that was translated as peace in English and Hebrew is shalom. Shalom. You may have heard this. It's a Jewish greeting. Shalom. And shalom is, is so much bigger than what we think of as just not fighting or not being in contention. Shalom means there's a completeness. There's a wholeness. That there's things that are broken are restored. And so this word, Prince of Peace, this title, it has so much more than he just came to, for everyone to get along. He came to bring completeness to everyone. And here's a couple of things, important things that we need to know about Shalom. This is the first thing. It's that Jesus alone brings complete peace. Jesus alone brings complete peace. Shalom. You know, I don't think I, I have to remind you of the year that we've had. All of us have had. There's been sickness. There's been illness. There's been contention. There's been uh, uh, disagreements. You know, all, everything. Everyone has their own opinion, right? And everyone is not afraid to share, share it most of the time. And so it's been a hard year for you. It's been a hard year for me. It's been a hard year for all of us in our own ways. I personally have dealt with more anxiety, more worry, more fear for the future than I ever have in my life. It's just been, it's just been a year. And so when we think about complete peace, how nice that would be to experience, I mean, that's, that's a gift that we all would probably want. Peace of mind, peace of not just of our external circumstances, but of our internal being, of our thoughts, of our, of our minds, not being fearful about the future, not being in disagreement or contention with others. And this is the, this is the best news this morning, or sorry, I keep saying this morning because we usually have services in the morning, this afternoon, this is the best news, is that Jesus alone brings complete peace. And we know that because of what Jesus said to his followers in John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled 
and do not be afraid. So as Jesus, this is, this is Jesus who, who was crucified on the cross. He's speaking to his followers and he's telling them, don't be afraid. Because I give a peace that the world cannot give. And so that you might wonder, well, what's different from the peace that Jesus gives as opposed to the peace that the world gives? Because he's not saying that the world doesn't give peace. He's just saying he gives a different kind of peace than the world gives. You see, the world's peace, it's, it's external. It's fleeting. It's circumstantial. It's based around everything going how you want it to go, how, how you think it should be, and then you feel okay. That's the world's peace. But this peace that Jesus gives, this shalom, it's not based on your circumstances. It's not based on your situation. This peace that Jesus gives, it says in, in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, it says it surpasses our understanding. People see you and they wonder, why is this person happy? Why is this person at peace that so, much bad th- so many bad things are going on in their lives? And this is a very key thing that we need to understand is that peace, the peace of God, isn't the absence of problems. Peace isn't the absence of problems, but peace is the presence of God. You know, one of the things that, that uh, we all know is that we live in a bad, broken world, that where we see things that aren't going well. I mean, just today, I, I was in tears over something that I saw because of the brokenness in the world around us, and it's so easy to get, to get caught up in that and, and to, you know, let that bring you down. But we need to understand that, that when we're talking about peace, the peace that Jesus gives, it's not a problem-free life. Jesus didn't say, in fact, Jesus said the opposite. Jesus said, if you're my follower, you may have more trials, more struggles. But he also said, take heart. He, he said, it's okay because I'm with you. Peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. And it's how you handle those problems. It's, it's your perspective on those problems, on those trials in your life. And, and maybe, you know, you have looked everywhere for solutions for, to find peace. You've changed your, your habits. You've changed your diet. You, you've seen counselors. You've gone and done this. You've, you've tried all of these things, but it still hasn't worked for you. Well, I want to tell you today that there's a better way it's really the only way to experience shalom. It's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what Colossians says. Paul is writing to the church there, and he said, he said, he, being God, made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This is how God brought peace to the world, through sending his son Jesus to die on a cross. And maybe I'm not going to see some of you until Easter, where we're going to hear a lot more about the resurrection of Jesus, but that's part of it too. Because Jesus didn't just go to the cross and die, he went to the cross taking all of our sin, which is, is a kind of a Bible word for going our own way, doing our own things, what we want to do, not what God has called us to do. He went to the cross, took those things upon himself, paid the penalty that we deserved. And through shedding his blood, through rising from the grave, he defeated death. 
He defeated anxiety. He defeated all of our troubles and all of our worries. And, and what Jesus has offered you and he's offered me is an opportunity to experience that peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, and like I, I said in my prayer, I believe every person is here for a reason today. Every person. No one's here by accident. And so maybe today you're sick and tired of dealing with all of this strife and struggle in your life. I invite you to a better way of trusting in Jesus. And if you have questions about that, talk to the person who brought you. Come talk to me after the service. I would love to talk with you more about that. But this is the thing is, is after you've experienced peace, we need to understand that it's not just for us. You see, because peace is to be used through us. Jesus wants to use his peace through us. Here's another inventory I want you to take. How have your relationships been this year? How have your relationships with your family, with your friends, with other people, how have they been if you were to grade those? Would you get a good grade? Some, some might get a good grade. Some people may have looked at this as a great opportunity to grow and to, to really come alongside those in their lives. But again, I've struggled with relationships. It's been easier to get frustrated with people to get mad, to, to not have peace. But I, I always remember, when I look back, uh, you know what, but Jesus has called me to something more. In fact, not only called me, but he's invited me to something more. This is what Jesus said in the most famous sermon, and the best sermon ever preached, Matthew 5, verse 9. These are Jesus' words, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, there's a couple things that you need to know about this. It's, th this is blessed. Th this blessed means happy. That could be translated as happy are the peacemakers. So not only is God going to bless you, but that's the best possible way for you is to be a peacemaker. That's what's going to make you the most happy in your life. And you know, when you've held grudges against people, when you've had contention against people, you're not the happiest person in the world. You're constantly thinking about that thing. You're thinking of ways that you can continue to shun the other person or not talk with them. That's not the best way for you. And then this is the second thing, for they will be called children of God. This means that, that God's priority is for us to be peacemakers. Because when we do that, we are acting as his true followers. And so ask yourself, do you want to be known as a person who is constantly bringing contention, constantly bringing strife? Or you do, want, do you want to be a person who, you know, people hurt you, people harm you, things happen in your life, but you want to be a peacemaker, because that's what Jesus has called for you. You've experienced that inner peace yourself, and now it's time to look out and allow others to experience that peace. And I want to end with this verse, Colossians 3, 14 and 15. Paul, again, is speaking to the church, and he says, Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Some of us maybe need to make this our, our verse for the year. 
Some of us need to make this the verse of our life, right? If we just all lived this verse, how much better would the world be? How much better would our communities be? See, the peace that comes from Christ is what we are called to. We're called to live in peace. We're called to be peacemakers. So maybe you're here today. Your life is marked by turbulence and contention and disagreements. It feels like everywhere you look, you're having disagreements. Well, don't look outside of yourself and blame, blame everyone else. Take a look at yourself. Take a look at yourself and ask yourself, am I really working to be a peacemaker in my life? Maybe you're here today and you have placed your trust and your faith in Jesus, but just you don't feel like you've experienced that peace. And let me say this, after you come to Jesus, it's not just going to always be peaceful in your life. We're still going to experience trials and sorrows and frustrations. But we, we remember in those times of brokenness that we can tap into the Savior of the world and experience His peace. And again, maybe you're here and, and you're constantly facing disagreements and everything like that. Clothe yourself in love, which binds you together in perfect harmony. I love harmony. I'm a musician. The band sounded great. They're awesome. Harmony... It, it, it makes the melody sound better, right? Just the melody on its own is okay, but when you add a harmony to it, it's that much more magnificent. That's what Paul is saying here. That's what perfect harmony means relationally. Let's pray together. God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the perfect peace that you give, Lord, and we thank you that that peace God, that it surpasses all understanding. God, because when we think about it and we look at this world that we live in, it doesn't make sense to have peace. There's always something to be fearful of. There's always something to worry about. There's always something to be anxious about. Lord, but we know that, that what Jesus did on the cross, it surpasses all of our worries, all of our fears, all of our anxieties. And God, I thank you for making that available to us. God, it wasn't anything that we did or that we have to do, God, other than place our trust and our faith in you, Jesus. So we thank you for that, God. We thank you for this time of year, God, where it's a difficult time of year for some people. And so I just pray right now, God, that they would experience your peace this holiday season, Lord. That they would remember, Jesus, that you came into the world for them to die for them, to reconcile them to yourself. Lord, and for all of us, God, who are followers of you, God, I, I do pray that we would be known as peacemakers, God, that we wouldn't be known as people who just always demand our way, always look at what's wrong with everyone else, God, but we would take ownership. God, that you would help us to see the areas in our life where we can more fully trust in you. And God, that ultimately you would give us grace and peace each and every step of the way. I pray these things in Jesus' name.